0: So, there's three institutions that God uh, established in creation. Can anyone tell me what they are? There are three huge institutions that is repeated not only in creation, but on the Ten Commandments and also in the New Testament. And, it, and it's an ongoing theme throughout the Bible. What is one of them? Marriage. Marriage. All right. Marriage is one of the institution that God established on earth to teach us how to relate to others. Um, I want to think that we need to, to know and to learn how to relate to our husbands, how to relate to our wives, how to relate to our children, because when we relate to others, they're also our wives, husbands, and children for someone else. So the way we treat our family is how we treat others. Now, I know in, there is... There's a saying in my country that people treat others better than the family. And as you know, that is not Bible-based because our ministry should start at home. So the way you treat others should be the same as I should treat your family. And actually, you should treat your family better than anybody else. What is the other institution and also on on marriage and how to relate to others we find it in the 10 commandments on the commandment number 5 through 9 Now what are the other institution that God established in creation the Sabbath. the Sabbath The Sabbath is one institution that God created to teach us how to relate with God and also we can find that on the Ten Commandments on verse 1 through 4. I mean, on, on the, test, um, the first and through the fourth Commandments. What was the other institution that he created? Anybody else knows? What was the third institution that God created in creation? Work. Works. Work. Okay. But how that is under, fall under what? Is the title of today's message it's stewardship. The stewardship is how we God wants to teach us how to relate to stuff or things that God has given us. So there's three institutions that God created in from the beginning, and the stewardship we can find that on the last commandment of institution. Now today. We're only going to be covering one. Don't panic. I'm only going to be covering one, which is a stewardship. The Sabbath and the marriage, that's for another time. But today we're going to be talking about stewardship. And who can tell me what is the definition of a steward? What is a stewardship? I'm sorry? Serving others. What else? Someone that's entrusted with resources. Thank you for speaking loud. What else? Caretaker. Caretaker. All right. What else? Yeah. Example of God. An example of God. What will be the title of the same? Of I mean, stewardship is the word that the Bible uses. But today and age, what is the equivalence of it? Am I, am I, what? A manager, what else? A supervisor, an administrator, a CEO. I mean, today's days, I think it's more about administration or CEO than manager because what God asked us to do is pretty much about CEO. Okay, let me read some things. Actually, who has um, 1 Corinthians 3, nine? Very quickly. Okay, read it. While she's looking at it, the biblical doctrine of stewardship defines a man's relationship to God. It identifies God as an owner and a man as a manager or CEO. And God makes man his co worker or administrator or administrating his things. So, what is 1 Corinthians 3 9? Okay. So and 1 Corinthians 3:9 said that we we are God's fellow workers. You are God's we are in God's field and God's building. So that's the first thing that we are called. We are co-workers, collaborators with God. Another definition, we have I have three more definitions. Um the first, the other one is the stewardship expresses our obedience. regarding the administration of everything that God has placed under our control. So if you, if we are, because we all are administrators of God's goods, so if you are managing or if you are doing your responsibility correctly, you are expressing your obedience regarding the administration of everything that God has placed under your control. Also, other the definition is stewardship is commitment of oneself and possessions to God's service, recognizing that we do not have the right of control over our properties or ourselves. So when it comes to administration, one of the things that we need to remember that nothing that we have is ours. Not even our house, our, our cars, our health our friends, our work, nothing that we own. And I put quotes because we don't own it. God has given us the privilege to manage it is, in God's, is God's property. So we are stewards. We are administrators. We are supposed to administer and manage whatever God has given us to do. In the New Testament, there's two words in Greek that they use when it comes to stewardship. The first one is epitropos, which it means foreman, uh, it means governor or procurator. I mean, it's a very high position. Also, Paul uses the word oikonomos to talk about administration or overseer or manager, and that is found in Galatians 4.1-2, 1 1 Corinthians 9.17, and Ephesians 3.2. So there's two words that they use for stewardship. One is governor or procurator, pro- procurator, and the other one is administrator or um, overseer of a place or manager, supervisor. So having to understand now that we understand what is a stewardship is, or let's switch it to our current terminology, which is an administrator or a CEO. What will be the three areas? that we as an administrator are supposed to manage for God. Let's do, there's only, there's a lot of examples, but let's try to focus on categories. There's four categories. What are they? Financial. I'm sorry? Financial. Financial. Okay, what else? That's treasures. Okay, that's the first T. What else? Time. Time. We are also administrators over the time that God has given us, not only the 24 hours, but also in the years that God grant us. What else? We have time, we have treasure. What other T? Talents. Talent is all the gift that God gives us. We are supposed to administrate those properly. And what was the last thing? The last T. So we have time, treasure, talents, and things, stuff, things that God gives us. You know, stuff like how are we going to administer uh, the house that God allows you to have? What about the car? How, how are you going to administer you know, the job that you have, you know, everything else that is not time, that is not money, or that is not a talent? How are you going to administer those things? So let's go very quickly on, let's see what God says or what Mrs. White says or the Bible says about time. So who has uh, Christ's Object Lessons, page 342? Yes. 342, uh, 1 and 2? Yes. Our time belongs to... Now that we are to form characters for the future, life it is now that we are to prepare for the judgment okay so i mean that's a very powerful statement now we our time belongs to god it's not our time it's god's time and every moment in his every moment is his and we are under the most solemn obligation it's not he's not suggesting or he's not asking it's our obligation to improve it for his glory. Of no talent he has given will he require a more strict account than our time. Among all the talents and skills that God has given us, the one that is going to be more strict is the time that God has given us. And we're not only talking about the 24-hour time, but also weeks, months, and what we do with our lives. Okay, who has Ephesians 5? 15 to 20 very quickly because the clock is against me right now so All right, amen. So the, God is telling us that we are very, need to be very careful how we walk and that we need to be um, very wise in what we do. What about Psalms 90, 12? Says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. All right, so the time is very important. We need to ask God to, and the numbers of days that God has given us, we need to learn wisdom. What about Colossians 4, 5? Yes. Well, the best use of time. All right. So we need to be wise because we need to make the best of our time that God has given us. What about Colossians 1, 10? Okay, so it's giving us several ideas how we should manage our time. We need to be wise and, and learn how to do things right. Who has Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes 3? I don't, I don't read all of it. Just read the first few sentences. I mean, the first few, um, yeah, just read the first three lines. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 22. So there's time for everything God has given us time for everything so hopefully that you guys an idea we you will have an idea of what time is and as um, as administrators or CEOs we need to learn what God wants us to do and how he wants us to manage our time because he's going to be very precise on how we're going to spend those time. The next one is treasure i don't I don't think I need to talk too much about it because this is something that the church have preached a lot. We all know that we need to give tithes. We all know that we need to give offerings. Uh, we all know what happens if we don't. If we rob God, um, and not only for tithes but also for offerings, you know that the tithes that we give, God have telling us. God have told us where to give it, and that is not ours. So when we give our tithe. We're not giving anything to the church. We're just returning what is not ours. And, and I know people have said, no, I don't give the tithe to the conference. I don't agree how they manage it. Well, number one, it's not a problem because it's not our money. And number two, God was very clear in saying you need to give the tithe to the church. That's, that one is God. So we don't have any rights to give the tithe to anybody else because God was very specific, and where to give that tithe. And uh, Mrs. White talks, and I, I know there is um, Adventist home. Just read what is underlined. Who had Adventist homes? Page 370. Okay. Um, Adventist home said that systematic benevolence is designed in the order of God to tear away treasures from the uh, covetous as fast as they are gained, and to con- consecrate them to the Lord to whom they belong. Who knows what systematic benevolence is? You know, Ms. God is telling us that he wants a systematic benevolence system. What is systematic? It's, it's something that is that, recurrent. What about benevolence? It's a given. Okay. And um, God wants us not just to come to church and whatever we have in our pocket, that's what we give, or God doesn't want us to say, well, we had a bad bad week or my car broke this week so I don't have money to give. That is not what God wants. God wants when you make a decision on how much to give, you need to honor it. God, God asked 10%, but for the offerings, the offering is the only thing that we can be grateful to what God has given us. If you only pay tithe, you are not even being grateful to God. You are just being returning what is not yours. You are not stealing. And that is not giving. That is not being grateful. The gratefulness in your heart is demonstrate in how much you want to give to God. And that is the offerings. Now, do you know How many tithes in the Bible, Bible people, and the people in the Bible had, the the uh, Israelites, the Jewish people? Do you know how many tithes they have to pay a year? Anybody? They have three tithes. Two of them, it was every year, and the third one was every three years. So it was calculated about 23% of tithe that, that God wanted his people to give. The first one, and I got those from um, the magazine, the Ministry, and it was September 1958. For those who would like to go and research it, Uh, we have the tithe of the Levitical tithe was a very sacred tithe, and that is what we normally have now—the tithe that goes to to for the uh, pastors and ministers to to pay for their salary. The The Levitical or sacred tithe, it was a tithe that was. It was the almost oldest one. That the first one that we hear in the Bibles in Genesis 14, the tithe of Abraham, and, the, uh, and also in the, in the New Testament, we talked, um, it talks about the tithe that people brought for the, for the Levites. The second tithe that the Jewish people had to do, and this has really surprised me because I didn't know, and I too bad that we don't have that one, is the tithe of the feast. It's found in Deuteronomy 14, 22 to 27. This second tithe, it was to be paid by the household, the head of the household. And it's interesting because it doesn't say the men of the household. It's whoever is in charge of the house. It says this tithe needs to be paid, and it was specifically for the people of the house. And it was supposed to be used for a spiritual growth. So in, once a year the head of the household needed to get that one tenth of their income and use that <coughs> for their family to increase their spirituality. Like like they used I mean for if you bring that to today's time it will be like camp meetings or retreats or camp out to to increase your spiritual awareness of of God. That's very nice. It's a very cool offering of tithe. And the third one it was it's a tithe that it was supposed to be given every three years. And people used to kind of divide it in three so they can save a little bit each year. So when the third one comes, then they will have the third tithe. <coughs> and that is for the poor. They used to bring that once every three years, and they brought their tithe for the church or the synagogue in those days. And that was to be, to be used for the poor, for people that needed some help. So summarizing the three type of tithes in the Old Testament period, we find it's a most broader concept of giving that we generally assume. Giving that includes first God, second man of our physical and spiritual welfare, and also our neighbors. And it's very interesting that it's too bad that we don't have that today. All right, so what the Bible talks about the tithe, and I'm going to, just very read the first sentence because I'm out of time. So first, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. What did they say? Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or over compulsion, for God loves the to So it's not over compulsion. It's not like how I feel today or how much do I have or how was my day or I, oh I, my car broke and I don't have money. That is not how God wants us to give. It's you need to decide in your heart how much you're going to give. The second one is... First Corinthians 16.2. On when? First, yes. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. So God wants us, today's day will be when you get paid. When you get paid, you need to sit down and that's when you make a decision how much you're going to give. It's not in the spur of the moment, it's not on the day you're walking in the church, Is when you get paid, you need to decide how much you're going to give. How grateful you are for God's blessings. The next one is Proverbs 3.9. Who has Proverbs 3.9? Okay. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first of all your produce. So we need to honor God, not only with our riches that God has given us, but also with everything that our hands can produce or our work. The next one is talents. The talents. What is a talent? Who can read me? Um, I know this one has an adult as Act of the Apostles, page 92. Very briefly, read what some gifts that God has given to the church. Uh, (coughs) Go very quickly. I mean, very quickly. To another faith by the same spirit, to another that gives of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse All right, so in here is mentioned some gifts. We have bilingual, learning other languages. We have discernment, wisdom. I mean, there's a lot of uh, gift that God gives to his people. Unfortunately, it's not what we want. It's what God sees that we need. And everybody yeah. have a gift. Now, what are other gifts that God gives us today that is not mentioned here? Music sound system, be able to teach, prophesy, I mean there's other verses that talk about other talents, but whatever talent God gives you, you are an administrator of it, and it's your responsibility not only to manage it well, but also to make it better, to increase upon, so what did they say in Ephesians 4, and 12, who has Ephesians 4? So, part of being mature spiritually is to manage those times that God has given us, right? The next one is Romans 123 to 8, very quickly. Just try to skip, scan it through, and just, just read the, some gifts. First Timothy four fourteen. Do not negligence the spiritual gift you have given to you and confirm by prophetic words when the when the elders laid hands on you. So we should not neglect the spiritual gift that God has given us, especially if elders have put your hands on it for a specific Mission of a special project. Okay, who has First Peter 4.10? 1 Peter Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the very grace of God. So we need to use the gift that God gives us to help others, right? If God gives you a gift and you're sitting in the pew and you're not using it, you're not developing it, you are the type that takes the talent that God gave you and bury it on the ground and wait for the Lord to come and it comes out and only give well this is the time you gave me. Here you go. You know all the story, the parable, right? What God says, he was not too happy. Who can read First Corinthians six nineteen? Oh I'm sorry. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. So we finish with the talent. So we know that we God have given us talents and we need to not only to make it better, but administer it very well. The last one is the things. What are some things that God have given us that we're supposed to manage? Very quickly, house. a house. What else? Yard. The yard. What else? The two pets. Huh? Cats. Animals. Yes. God have given. God have entrusted us with nature and the animals what else? Tools. 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 All right. What else? Family. 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 What else? Friends with problems. Friends with problems. What else? Huh? Sick people. Sick people. Okay. So as you can see, there's a lot of things that God has given us that we are responsible to administer well. And for any good administrator, you need to know what your boss wants you or how you want your boss to do things. So I will really ask, you know, I really encourage you to spend some time in the Bible and see how God wants you to spend your time, how God wants you to spend the finance that he gave you. Find how can you manage or administrate the talents and also the things that God has given you. And one of the things the Bible talks about is we talk about the house that we live in What about the Holy Spirit's house? Because we are, who wants to read 1 Corinthians 6.19? Who have that one? So we also are entrusted with our body. And I say our body because that's what we normally are accustomed to say. But just remember that it's not our body, it's God's body. And, and we know how we should take care of God's body. Because there's a, a couple of books of L. G White that have given us plenty of instructions on how to take care of the body. And also the Bible says a lot on how to take care of God's Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit body. So I'm going to finish with reading very quickly, and I still have a minute and a half, uh, four principles of stewardship. These are four principles that we need to apply to every single area that we are entrusted to administer. And what they are we have time, treasures, talents. Talent, and things. So these are the four principles you as an administrator you need to learn and you need to really, really get good at because you need to apply these four principles in everything. So what is the main what is the definition of a principle? It's a moral rule or belief that helps you know what is right and wrong and that influence your actions. So a principle is is a very deep conviction and doctrines and how you Handle yourself <clears throat> and how you do things. The first principle is the principle of ownership. Ownership. You need to understand that nothing is yours, everything belongs to God. Everything. And when you really understand the concept that nothing that you have is yours, that God has given it to you to administer, it, then you will start seeing things differently. When you walk into the house, you look at, okay, God God gave me the privilege to manage this house. Am I keeping it clean? Am I keeping it organized in a good functioning order? What about my car? My car that God allowed me to have. Am I keeping it correctly, functioning? I mean, everything that we own, that we think that we own, it's not that we own it. It's just that God has given us the opportunity to manage it. So the principle of ownership, uh, God owns everything, and we are simple managers or administrators acting on His behalf. And we have a lot of Bible text that confirms that. Therefore, stewardship expenses our obedience, expresses our obedience regarding the administration of everything that God has placed under our control. Depending upon how you manage everything that God has given us or given you, it shows how obedient you are on what he wants. Honor, uh, 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 stewardship is the commitment of oneself on administer things on, on, to administer God's possessions. The second principle is the principle of responsibility. The principle of responsibility. If you are not responsible, we're not going to do it. And you need to be responsible in everything that God has given you to administer we are responsible for how we treat it and what we do with it, with the time, talent, treasures, and things. We are responsible in God's eyes and how we treat it and what, how we do it, how and how we do with it. And that we find that in 1 Corinthians 4:12. Owners have the rights; stewards have the responsibilities; God has the right of everything. But we have the responsibility of administering what God has given us. While God has graciously entrusted us with the care, development, and enjoyment of everything he owns as his stewards, we are responsible to manage his holding well and according to his desires and purpose. So the first principle is ownership to recognize who really owns everything that you have. The second one is you need to respond; you need to be responsible. The third one is the principle of accountability. God has entrusted authority over the creation to us, and we are not allowed to rule over it as we see a fit. The same thing with everything that we have. We cannot decide and how to to treat our home how to treat our, our cars, how to treat our jobs, our wife, our husband, our children. We don't have the right to choose how you want, we wanted to do it. We have a boss, or is God the creator, the owner of everything, and God has given a lot of information on how he wants us to administer everything that he has given us. And the last one is the principle of reward. And all these four principles are found in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, is the parable of the talents. We have the principle of ownership. You need to recognize who is who owns everything. You need to be responsible for the privilege that God has given us, given you and us, how to manage His properties and everything. And and we are accountable. God will come and see what you guys. How are we managing his things? And fourth, will be a consequence. If you are a good steward, God will put you on top of everything. But if you're not, then you know what the parable says. I recommend you go and read it. You really study it. Because we are stewards. We are administrators of God's goods, of everything. and we need, And we are going to be called to see if we were truly... Christians, administrators of our time, our talents, our treasures, and everything else that God has given us. And I'm going to ask our elder on duty, Michael, could you pray for us, please, to close? I think she asked me to Yes, pray. pray.